0: Hello there, this interview that you're about to hear was originally done by me, Sam Roscoe or Chris Prince for the Blue Moon Podcast sometime between 2009 and now. That means if there's anything that sounds a bit out of date or if there's anything that's an obvious topic that we've not asked the guest about, it's probably because the interview is from a long time ago. This show is basically the Blue Moon Podcast interview archive. All of the new interviews that we do with former city players and managers will go live on the Blue Moon Podcast first, so if you like what you hear then please go and subscribe to that, and there's a new show every Friday with a look at everything on and off the pitch for City. But for now, enjoy the end of this generic recorded message, and enjoy the interview with the person whose name is in the title of this episode.
1: I'm obviously going to say the 5-1, being a City fan all my life, and, and beating our arch rivals. Because I played against City's nursery sides when I was um, you know, 10 and 11, right up to being 16. And we played against United for the A team and in the um, in the reserves. So that that challenge of our our arch rivals was always there. So come the five-one day, come come that 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 famous day, (coughs) we were so prepared, the lads. You know, there was there was um, six of us that were the homegrown lads with um, Jason on the bench, Jason Beckford, and. Apart from the day being been um, so vivid in my 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 mind because of the fact that um, i've talked about it previously, even before that, I, you know I, I could talk you through pretty much the whole game, the chances that United had their their best players on the day. Um, I could talk about the fans leaving after the, the start of the, after the fourth goal, then by the fifth goal, being almost like a waste ground in the in the, in, the, in the flat lane stand, but it was just the fact of being part of that and listening to the City fans singing uh, We're the Pride of Manchester. You know, things like that, stay with you for life. And um, even now when I go to City and uh, I listen to all the fans singing uh, Blue Moon, I still hear this, the, the, sort of the haunting sounds of, of the main road days and the songs that were sung then. And it still has hairs on the back of your neck time. That never changes. But also when I was uh, my home debut as captain against Everton, Howard Kendall had, had given me the opportunity and we came, we came to name I'd beat Everton 1-0 should have been more but for, to be captain um, of my team and I was playing well I had um, the England manager watching me I had the manager telling me that the England manager is going to watch me on a Tuesday night against Aston Villa and um, was just ready to push on again and, and take it to the next, the next stage and uh, I was just so so confident and happy with the way I was playing and, and what was going to come And how
0: did it feel at the time to have been touted as, uh, as a future England international? <laughs>
1: Well, it's difficult, really, because I was um, I, I was quite I wasn't shy in in respect of um, with my colleagues. You know, I'd have ban- banter with the rest of them, you know, and, and laugh and joke and chat to anybody. When it came to the media side, we never had any media training as, as, as players, so um, uh, I was quite nervous speaking to people, you know, and, and uh, quite quite shy with that, in that regard. And, and so um, that attention was was great from the from the playing perspective. But ultimately, um, the thoughts of, of, of being pushed into and the media side of it as well, um, I hated all that. I really did. So I, I was a bit worried about how I'd cope with that, to be honest with you. Um, but in saying that, uh, you, you read the papers and you keep all the cuttings, and uh, my mum kept them, and um, I've kept one or, one or two, um, poorly by chance, really. And, uh, but you look back, and, you, and, and um, then I had my testimonial, and uh, I was speaking with Sir Alex and other, other people, and realising that I had, I had Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Rangers all vying to sign me, uh, and the England manager had basically told people that they were earmarking me for the next England captain. All of a sudden, it takes you, it takes you back really, and and um, the thoughts of it were was so exciting. And as I say, because I was playing with so much confidence, um, I, I was just thinking, "Bring it on!" I couldn't wait. I really couldn't wait to play, and and um, it's just ironic that with all that about to happen, and, and in the cold light of day, you can you can then really appreciate um, such a long time 24 hours can be. Because on the one hand of that clock, I was literally had all that going for me. And then by the time we get to half past eight in the evening, everything's changed and will be changed forever. You know, so it's, um, it was a b- bizarre, bizarre night and it just shows you what a, what a cruel thing fate can be sometimes.
0: And when you first did your knee, what, what were your initial reactions to, uh, to the injury?
1: Well no one seemed to know and obviously I'm a chartered physiotherapist now, and know all about cruciate ligaments and about knee injuries, uh, a whole manner of, of, of the extent of knee injuries as well and the signs and symptoms and, and how to address it and, and so to be told at the time that I had a twisted knee and I was waiting Four or five weeks um, for it to fail again was um, was quite a, um, frustrating time, to say the very least, and I mean to say the very least.
0: And when you when you made your comeback to weigh against Middlesbrough, was were, were you confident that it would hold up, or were, you, or were there still doubts in your mind? Well,
1: I um, I basically um, I trained I trained really hard, and my um, knee had failed on two occasions. And so I'd had to have um, surgery in America, uh, because not only did I rupture my ligaments uh, on two, three separate occasions actually, uh, I'd I'd then missed the chance to go to the the top man at that time in the world, when I had a very strong chance of recovering. And instead it took to the third time when literally it was a, a desperation time really and I, I saw the consultant, and um, he basically told me that uh, my knee moved more than the majority of quarterbacks that he sees that get smashed by these 17, 18 stone hulks of guys um, in the, the, the majority of Super League games. So um, it was, it was, uh, it was a knee that I, I'd done my best with. I mean, no one, no one could ever accuse me of, of not. Working as hard as I could to get back. I know I left no stone unturned as far as I could, I could do. But um, played on the Monday and I had a block tackle against the centre half, a Northern Ireland centre half, con McDonald played for Queen, Queen's Park Rangers. Um, and I block tackled this guy and my knee felt like it was all over the place. And um, I, I just didn't. After that tackle, I was, I was concerned. And, and the, the most ridiculous part about it was the fact that I was playing two days later but I suppose in hindsight it wouldn't matter if it was two days or a week later the knee wasn't strong enough by that time you know too much had been done in the earlier stages and too little had been addressed um, by the club Uh, and and, um, that 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 time stands out for me as well because of the fact that I'm I'm qualified in this arena and I know I know a a hell of a lot about what I'm talking about and and, um, there's so many opportunities missed it just beggars belief but I'm I say I'm, I'm doing my, my book mm-hmm. at the moment, which Godwin will be out next, next year. And I've gone into um, starting detail about, about what happened and, and, and how bad the things were done. And it'll be, it'll be eye-opening for most City fans to know um, that one minute you can be rated as the next equivalent of the Julian Lescott Prize um, back in those days. With all these clubs counting for my signature. And, and um, yeah, I can be treated like a YTS player the following day. Bizarre.
0: And did, did your injury influence your decision to go into physiotherapy?
1: It, in, indirectly, yeah. It, it, was, it was mainly because um, I just had my legs straightened um, and I was in the high geotherapy pool at uh, the Bomb Hospital in Bolton. And uh, one mm-hmm. of the physios there, who's now head of my United Academy, called Mandy Johnson. And Mandy said to me one day, she said, You know, well, what are you going to do with yourself? I mean, you've got all this experience now of injuries. Um, doesn't this interest you? I said, Well, to be fair, yeah, it does. So she also worked with me with the FA. and I did an FA sports diploma, which, which was the equivalent of two A levels you get told. I did that in a year, and that wet my appetite. And uh, I flew through that. And um, then I spoke to Salford uh, University and said, Well, look, um, the, the PFA I've got the course on, and it's coming around in a year's time, but you'll need to get more qualifications. So I went and did an A-level at night school at, at Trafford College and um, then I, I, I was en masse with enough qualifications to get on the course for the following year.
0: Tell me, I've, I've heard uh, a story that while you were a physiotherapist at Burnley, um, you celebrated a city victory there um, at Turfmoor and uh, I don't believe it went all too well after that. Mm.
1: Basically, the manager at the time at uh, Burnley Football Club was a guy called, called Stanton Hunt. And Stan's a very, very straight guy when it comes to talking. And um, he's, not, he's not shy. If he has a with up with a, a player, it will usually end up uh, with, with, uh, with, with fists and forehead flying. And um, before the game, he, um, he assured me that if I was to celebrate any goals or technology advance in any way, shape or form, that he and I would go round and round. So I said, well, OK, um, I'm professional. You know, I've got a job to do. Um, but I can't help it how fans react to me I said oh, I don't give a toss about how fans react to you I'm watching you and how you react to them so it was um, it not sort a of law City obviously needing to win as well on that day um, City just ran amok on the pitch they, they took over Turf there was at least 3 or 4 thousand more City fans than there were Burnley fans and um, I think it ended, was at 6-2 or 6-3 that the game was but one of our players went down right in front of the goal where most of the City fans were and um, I went under the pitch looked after the lad got him off the pitch he went up the tunnel there he had to come off and one or two of the City fans have clocked me and then it was a case of start singing my name and uh, high-fiving quite a few of the guys as I'm walking down there I'm just and I'm half-jogging around the side of the pitch and obviously I've got one eye on the dugout and he's clocked me I've have have high-fived my fourth or fifth City fan and and um, I mean the burning fans saw that anyway they're not bothered about what I was doing but he was and so it was the longest walk back to the tunnel um, uh, the dugout sorry, I've ever had in my life um, but uh, um, it was bizarre he just gave me the filthiest look and spat near my foot at the same time and carried on watching the game ended the game though it was that bad that I think he forgot about me he was more concerned that basically he was one game away from the sack so I kind of got away with that I suppose I always felt that City fans en masse didn't really know what went on and and um, the question that was put to me quite inadvertently in a conversation I had with some City fans um, uh, going down to a game, I, I can't remember when it, when it was it was probably about three or four years ago and they said, isn't it funny how y- your knee didn't work out and yet Niall Quinns did and Richard Edgles did and Alan Shearer did his around that time and, and also Roy Keane and I suddenly thought, you know do, do, do city fans think that it was something that I did or or I didn't do? There was a reason why I didn't. And and I, when you when you you have an ego, albeit afraid at the edges these days, I thought you know that isn't what happened. I, I'm I'm quite frustrated that people might think that actually it was a weakness on my behalf. And and so I, I thought I wanted to put that story straight. And then one night, Joanne and I were sat there, and and I'd spoken about it. She said, well, why don't you do your book? Why don't you do a book? I thought, I'm not a big enough name to do a book. But then Joe said, but look at the stories that you've got and the story to tell, and you've got so much more than just the average footballer to talk about. I think it'd be really interesting, and it will be one of those stories that that, that would appeal to football fans because it is so different, and there's so much of a life story in there as well. And And, and that's how it started, really. It was a case of listen to those comments, think i want going to put, set the record straight, and, and, and then um, sitting down with Joanne and said, well, okay, what we'll do is we'll do a proposal, and we'll do a couple of chapters and see how that reads, and, and if we're not happy with it, we'll put it to bed, and we'll stop now before we make a fool of ourselves. Yeah. And yet, the opposite happened, and we got a friend to look at it and thought, actually, that's quite good, you know, it'd be worth giving it a go. And then we finished the book, sent the chapters off to a random house, care of, orion and Transworld and century and and um we couldn't believe it we'd heard nothing for about five weeks and we thought you know what this is going to be self-published all day this isn't it when we thought well never mind we give it a go we'll give it our best shot then we got a phone call saying hang on a minute you know and then all of a sudden there was three publishers
0: fighting for our signature so how how did you take to writing it was it did you find it easy did you find it difficult to get your, your story down it wasn't so much i
1: found it not, not difficult in getting the stories out because I have got incredible recall. You know, I can figure out my nephew and niece's names, but when it comes to my career and what happened, I, I can tell you that verbatim now. I could probably do a story. I could do a book for you now in, in five hours. Um, so there wasn't an issue. It was a case of, you know, the intentions of putting it together in the, in, in, in the right way and, 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 and that kind of build. I mean, from the front cover, which was... I'm so pleased that was actually my idea. Uh, it was the the fact that... I felt as though, I used to, I used to think of, you know, I used to, I, I've sang We're Not Really Here, you know, in, in, in the stands, in all the city songs, and then I thought, I wasn't really there, was I during that time? And so I had that, that idea in my mind for the book to begin with. And so um, it was just one night which I said, you know what would, would work really well, if, if I wasn't on the front cover, why couldn't we do something like a jigsaw puzzle? And, and and so that was one of the ideas. And so all of a sudden, it, it wasn't hard in that respect. The stories were there, and we got them down on paper. And Joanne's a fabulous writer. And so between us, we, we got that down. The hardest thing was on um, was taking the scab off the, that, the, those old wounds, and, and and of my father passing away, and of that miserable times of my depression, and not being able to play, and and, and uh, the heartache at Lillishall and the false dawns and and to be in the wings for four years and not being able to get on the stage and do what you you felt like you were born to do and that you were put on this work, this, this earth to do and the fact that every waking hour I lived and breathed trying to do that and not being able to do that through through and it's not my own fault either you know being able to put that down on paper was, 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 was quite hard that was hard that was really hard you know many a night I used to feel exhausted and sometimes I said you know what I can't do anymore and, and getting the point across that I wanted to get across, you know, without it being a misery memoir, because it really isn't a misery memoir. You know, people talk about me and will say, "How's your knee?" And that day when you swallowed your tongue, you know, I, I played 130 games for City, and I was captain, and I played against United, and I scored, a play in the ten-one, and I was, I just, you know, all these things went on. I, you know, and, and I was linked to being this that, and the other. But that, those were the first two questions i ever get asked. And I have no problem with that, because they're, they're affectionate. It's a, the caring City fan that, 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 that really felt for me in those days. And I wanted to be able to re- repay that compliment by putting into, into a book something tangible that they can understand what I went through. But if I could have been back, if I could have played, God knows,
0: I tried. Do you think it's, it's helped you kind of mentally as well, getting, the, getting it all out on, on paper for, for people to read? Has, has that process helped you kind of come to terms with what happened to you over your career? I think it will eventually. At the moment,
1: it's still too raw. I've got the blackness and all, and all of the hurt and the heart that I went through that, that's there that's still very, very raw with the, the fond memories of me as a child playing football being at city you know having those those halcyon days at the hacienda and, and being in the 90s of of the music and how much the music meant to me so it it's still you know a, a balancing act really and eventually I'll be able to to, to 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 compartmentalize that that all the darkness and then I'll have those fun memories left with me, and I know I'll get to that stage. I know I, I can do that, and I will do that. But at the moment, it is still pretty raw. So, it, you know, it, it it takes that kind of question, or the questions of the good time, to to maybe able to to zip that side up and to count and, and to talk about that. But at the moment, it's still about having remembering both the good
0: and the bad. Uh, you mentioned the uh, the cover of the book being uh, the jigsaw with uh, without you there at the time. Uh, is that how you felt? when you were at City during your injury.
1: Yeah, I did. I totally felt that way, looking back. Maybe I didn't sort of um, surmise that at the time, but certainly looking back, that's definitely how I felt. I felt as though I was uh, a bit of an imposter, really. I, I was a bit of a fraud, and I felt as though, almost like, as I mentioned in the book, the fans see me on a match day, you know, just doing the corporate kind of hospitality part to to what players had to do if they were injured or if they were re- they'd been ill and hadn't got a place in the, in the team on the Saturday I found out as so, though I was kind of rubbing the fans' faces in it saying well you know But um, and when you can look back on the on, on bullseye footage and, and they get a chance to win the best prize and they don't get the darts that they want to get and they end up losing and Jim Bowen says look at what you would have won and I was like this is the player that you could have out there but you can't because he's injured but uh, I, I kind of got to the stage where I was embarrassed and I was, I was embarrassed even being around people because I was ashamed of the fact that I had all this to offer and yet I couldn't and, and it didn't, didn't work out You know, players weren't supposed to be injured for two years and for three years and, and, and if they are why are they still here and every time I had to put on that new crisp clean city shirt that I never got a chance to wear for a season was heartbreaking I hated it I asked not to be on the team picture. But well, they demanded that I was on it because I was a playing staff, a member of the playing staff, therefore I had to be in it. That was a legal requirement of my contract, to be on that picture. But I was no nearer playing on the team than the fan in the stand. And I knew that. And I think half the fans might have realised that at some point. You know, the penny dropped. Certainly the medical st- staff must have realised that. And it was heartbreaking. You know, it, it was it was the worst. And... In the 95, 96 picture, which is the front cover, the photographer said, because I was looking down, looking round, couldn't wait to get away, and he clicked his fingers and said, hello, Mr Lake, are you with us? And in my head I said, no, I'm not really here, because I, I, I wasn't. And and there was... If, if I look back and, and, and the emotional stresses that were put upon me uh, and the psychological ramifications of, of, of what I had to, to endure, um, I'm surprised that I didn't do a lot more damage both to myself and to other people. And, and having to internalise all of that was one of the reasons why I actually crumbled and, and I, I fell into depression.